Hello, free thinkers. I'm Mickey Z, and I welcome you to Post Woke, the New York City-based podcast where we practice intellectual self-defense. listeners to ask themselves, when is the last time they went into their inner world with the intent to get to know their soul? That, of course, was best friend of the podcast, Allison Gray. She's back for another incredible conversation, and you'll get to hear the whole thing right after this word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z here, and I'm asking you to offer some support for a project that I've been running for nearly six years. It's called Helping Homeless Women NYC. And as the name implies, I've been getting out there on the streets for, like I said, nearly six years to offer direct relief to some of the most vulnerable yet fiercest women you'll ever want to meet. If you check the show notes, you will find a direct link for how to donate at GoFundMe. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon patron or in ordering uh, restaurant gift cards directly from my wish list, shoot me an email and I'll send you that information. But I'm just requesting some support, thanking you in advance and asking you no matter what to please share the link far and wide. Now let's get back to the show. By now, listeners to Postwoke know who Allison Gray is best friend of the podcast, and all relevant information is in the show notes about her musical career, her writing career, and all the other adventures that is her life. But I'm her, one of her more recent articles on Substack, that you see the show notes, is called The Superhero PSYOP, How Batman and His Comic Book Ilk Are Brainwashing the Masses. And here's one line from that article. I'm not big into comic universes, but I know enough to see how blatantly transhumanistic they are. So with that in mind, I welcome back to Post Woke for the 15th time, Alison Gray. Hi. I didn't realize it was 15 times already. Yes. Wow. Oh, cool. Well, I'm honored. Thank you again and again for having me. It's my pleasure. Time flies. Lots of things fly. (laughs) Humans Um, can fly. (laughs) Now, before we dig in here, I just want to say kudos to the word the use of the word ilk in I that time. I love how you emphasized it. I, I was giggling over here. Yeah, I was thinking, I actually was thinking, what other possible word could she have used, really? And it really is the only word. Like, it, it, it I looked up, <laughs> I went to the thesaurus.com, and it gave me kin, persuasion, species, denomination, variety. That, I mean, could you imagine how Batman and his comic book denomination are brainwashing the <laughs> So it's it's just a great word choice and actually the perfect word choice. So thank bravo. you. Thank you. <laughs> now, with that in mind, I have a question. Okay. So does anyone need to be bitten by a GMO spider or exposed mm-hmm. to gamma radiation in order to display superpowers? If you ask transhumanists, the answer is yes. But if you ask people like me who are tapped into God and know that our power comes from the soul, then absolutely not. Okay, well, before we go further, just for clarity's sake, could you give us, when you say if you ask transhumanists, um, could you just give us a, a brief working definition of transhumanism? Yes, and thank God that you asked that because a lot of people don't even know that they are members of the religion of transhumanism because I, I liken it to um, something so pervasive that it's like water to a fish. And you, you'd have a hard time convincing a fish that they are immersed in water because it's all they've ever known. You know, how do you describe it to them? So um, if the listeners would be so kind as to just detach from their attachments to technology for just a moment, this is what transhumanism is. Transhumanism is a movement, or I, I prefer to call it a religion because that's really how it, it ends up operating in our culture. Um, that seeks to augment and improve the human condition and compensate for what they perceive to be human shortcomings and limits by using technology. 
um, that technology could be cybernetics, you know, the addition of um, machine body parts to replace other body parts or just um, supplement them that could take the, the shape of genetic modification like CRISPR technology. Um, th- there's just so many different ways transhumanism uses materials um, to try to make and even you know what uh a lot of people don't realize this but even cosmetic surgery like lip fillers that's a version of that's that falls under the umbrella of transhumanism mm. um because it's a way of trying to make someone look more desirable and that's very subjective but it's a way of trying to improve on the natural organic human body with synthetic added materials so a lot of people don't realize that they're transhumanists um that they've accepted that we need technology or that technology represents evolutionary advancement for humankind. Um, People often kind of take for granted that, oh, humans, look at all the cool, fancy gadgets we've invented, like phones and computers and the Internet and stuff. The animal kingdom could never do that. So therefore, this is proof of how advanced and intelligent we are and that we're evolving. But actually, in my article, actually in the series that this article is a part of, true power versus transhumanism, I make the case that transhumanism represents a a point of devolution in the human spiritual path. It's us moving backwards and away from our true power, which can only come from the soul. Excellent. Thank you. So I'm going to assume that since I gave the article's title and you just gave that excellent um, description of transhumanism that some listeners are starting to put two and two together in terms of these superheroes that are ha- have just reached such a preeminent space in the world of pop culture, um, whether it's Marvel or DC, the Spider-Verse, and, and characters like the Hulk and Iron Man and Batman, how they... Maybe people now are starting to say, they, they kind of do feed into that sense of artificial enhancement. So... Can you just share, I want people to read the article and you don't have to go into intense detail here, but Mm -hmm. can can you just share a little bit about how these um, CGI superheroes that that kept people lining up at movie theaters for days um, are in their own way, like um, digital advertisements for transhumanism? Yeah, they're like mascots. Um, So think about basically any popular superhero today um and they've all got in one way or another um their powers from transhumanism so i give the example of iron man i mean literally all of his powers come from a super suit that he invented um because he's a wealthy billionaire and he can do that he can just buy his way into power so that's um That's one example. You've got Spider-Man, who, as you mentioned earlier, was bitten by a radioactive spider. uh, No, no, sorry, not radioactive. A GMO spider who um, was genetically designed to have certain super qualities like super speed and um, precognition and things like that. And so by being bitten by that spider, he um, then received that GMO DNA into his own body and and was able to then experience those powers for himself. Um, You've got, let's see, you've got the whole Wakanda universe. Um, They get all of their power from this material called vibranium. Vibranium comes from outer space. So it's, it's not even, (laughs) it's not even from earth, but it's the most powerful material known on the planet because it it came to our planet from like a a meteor, I think, is the storyline. But basically, in every single case, there's not a single superhero who is just naturally, organically Mm. powerful by way of having disciplined their consciousness. So this would be a good time to introduce the alternative, which is what I'm always trying to kind of wake people up to. The superpowers that are inborn into every human being and, and the superpowers that are our birthright spiritually those come from the cultivation of consciousness and that you get from meditation, from prayer, from drawing closer to God. I mean, you and I, you know, we've been on our faith journey recently. And one thing that has come up in our conversations is the phenomenon of flying saints. There's There are saints who are so enwrapped with love for God and, and devotion to God that they start levitating off the ground. They're literally lifted up by that love. And I'm not making this up. This is like well-documented stuff. There's flying mm-hmm. saints. Um, they're, you know, saints who are able to heal the sick and basically do all the things that Jesus said 
we would do if Including we would have faith. By, by location is another one. Yeah, by location. All of the things that we've been taught are fictional. And that's another nasty consequence of the superhero psyop, this relegation of superpowers to the realm of fiction, right? So now we have all these people growing up believing that superpowers only exist in fictional worlds and that's why they become so obsessed with these worlds because they are they, they're not seeing their own true power represented in real life because so many of us have been turned off so like turned off spiritually you know we're, they've got us all drinking fluoride um th- there's so many different uh, operations in play to try to make human beings forget how powerful we are. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to get into the realm of conspiracy here, but um, <laughs> I guess it just kind of there's no way to avoid that when you're talking about power. Like, OK, something I get asked a lot is, OK, Allison, if humans can fly, why don't you, you know, why don't you see people flying all the time? It's like, where do I even begin with how intimidating humans are to the dark forces who are in power in this world like of course they, they've gone through every single hoop to try to make us forget because the moment you remember just how powerful you are their whole game is up and i liken it to becoming aware that there's a parasite in your intestines a parasite um can actually control the mind of its victim and make the 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 host believe that it it needs the parasite. It can also make the host engage in behaviors that are likely to make them bring more parasites into their body. Like it can make you crave certain foods that are full of parasites or certain other lifestyle. I won't name certain things. I don't think this is the, the conversation for that. But basically, once you realize that there's a parasite in you, then all of the power that it was leaching out of you it can no longer leach out of you because it it operates in darkness, right? That's what a parasite is. And that is absolutely true as well of the um the forces of darkness who run our government. And and I'll take this opportunity to remind everyone that the word government itself actually means mind control. Well, perfect segue. I was thinking <laughs> I, I had I had a bunch of responses, but that last part, right before you got to the the meaning of the word government, I was reminded of a quote from a man named Stephen Biko, who was a, he's a black, he was a black South African who was a prominent activist in, in to overthrow apartheid. And he mm-hmm. had, a, he's not the first to say it, but he very concisely said the most potent weapon of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. Mm-hmm. And so what it seems that you're describing here is that the superhero movies and anything like that, anything of that ilk, to use that word again, um, have sure they're in many ways they're designed to to make billions of dollars of course but they serve this other purpose of disempowering us because the true superpowers are beyond our reach so we so we may aim our we may dream of a world in which superman could come in and save the day and then we may settle for a world where we only look upward as far as um, elected officials and unelected officials that, that when we when we have a problem we say oh we need to I need to call my congressman or we need to vote this one out of office and our our upward gaze has a ceiling to it that's that's the higher power that we go to because they've even elevated themselves to something higher than us someone that's sitting in Congress or Senate or the Supreme Court or the White House has more superpowers than we do and mm. so it's it's a it's a genius way to it, and it's nothing new. It's like if, like you said, if people are hearing this as a conspiracy theory all throughout history, the goal is to keep um, people disempowered because we have the numbers and we have the power. And so if we if we believe that earthly powers lie in these elected officials and real powers lie in these fantasy figures, we're never going to look inward to say, well, what can I do? And we're never going to look above the height of these elected officials. Damn. Yeah, that that's it right there. And um, I think that ties into uh, the other point I was going to make about like phones. Um, I don't think people realize how valuable their consciousness is that so many parties seek to control it, including the government, including corporations. I mean, why do you think they make phones addictive? They design phones to be as addictive as heroin. And um, I mean, there are 
oh God, I, f- I forget who exactly, but there are CEOs of certain tech companies who won't even allow their children to have smartphones. It's like, hmm, interesting. So you'll market those same phones to other people's kids, but not your kids, right? Yep. You don't want your dynasty being disrupted. Um, but like, I really want people to understand, like, your consciousness can do things that you, oh my God, your consciousness is your power. It, it is what you are. And so, like I mentioned in the article that one of the many things your consciousness can do is heal you of literally any illness without medicine, without health insurance, without doctors. You don't need literally anything outside of yourself but your own consciousness and faith in your ability to to influence reality with with what you choose to believe about it. So um, there's a whole field of study on that called epigenetics. And funny enough, when you look up the definition of epigenetics, you'll get a definition from the CDC that says, Epigenetics is basically the study of how the environment, like factors in the environment, uh, change DNA. So genes can be turned on and off depending on the different experiences a person might have in life. But what they don't mention is that actually your conscious awareness can influence your DNA as well. There are meditations you can do. Where if you sit there and focus on changing a certain attribute about yourself, let's say an inherited genetic illness, you can make it go away. Like, I'm not making this up. There's so much research into this. The fact that you can change something that seems static and solid, like your own DNA, and the fact that they want us to believe that 90-something percent of human DNA is junk, right? This is who we're dealing with. They don't, they actually really, either they don't want us to know or they themselves don't know because they are also disempowered and they're also, in a way, victims of this very dark world that that has forgotten just how powerful and free we actually are. Yeah, I, that last point leads to, uh, is, is an excellent counter to one of the um, classic retorts to anything that sounds like a, a conspiracy theory where people say, uh, that can't be true because too many people would have to be in on it. Yeah. And th- that's assuming that people understand what's really happening. Because mm-hmm. if you speak to people in, in medical fields and scientific fields and engineering, they they they're very, very heavily and and in some cases abusively taught, like certainly medical schools, um, to believe certain things. And therefore they've internalized values that when presented with new information, they're not going to see it outside of the scope of those values. So you like you said, you don't necessarily have to be quote unquote in on it to be part of it because like to go back to the fish and water analogy you used earlier, mm-hmm. there, there comes a point where if you're swimming in an ocean of this, you no longer are aware of the, of the boundaries and well, you're, you're temporarily not aware of the boundaries. We could always snap back out of it. And epigenetics is an excellent example. And, and it's been shown that when people, it's, it's, it's like, you'll see memes saying, if you, um, only if you think heavily about yellow cars, you'll certainly see a you'll see a bunch of yellow cars mm-hmm. that day. So imagine if you th- th- think intensely about um, confidence and and good well being, uh, mental yeah. and physical well being. Why wouldn't it work in the same way? That there, there was yeah. there's a quote from um, Bruce Lipton, I believe, where he said he said worrying is just praying for something you don't want to happen. So it's like our our minds have incredible power, which then those epigenetically um, impacted DNA can then be passed down as literal DNA to future yes. generations. It's yes. the, the power is astonishing. It's it's to to use the correct word, the power is miraculous. Oh yes, and the way that. DNA is able to be passed down is because uh, this is the part people really don't get about the world that we're in. It's not made of material. It's not made of atoms and particles and whatever. It's made of consciousness. And so what we call material, what we call solid is simply a condensation. It's a densification of consciousness energy. So everything is made of the same stuff. So a day, I've said this in, uh, there's another series on my Substack called the Free Energy Series. There's a tab for it on my Substack. Um, in it, I say a dog and a daydream are made of the same stuff. I know that's like really trippy to wrap one's mind around, but but it's true that everything you think is material is actually made of conscious attention and you can change the shape of things by actively applying your consciousness. Now, a big reason 
a lot of people aren't able to do this is because the quality of our consciousness is actually pretty weak given the environment we've grown up in. We First of all, we haven't seen representations of our power in the mainstream. We've been told that any power we might have is like demonic or satanic or anti-God. And so that that's one psyop. Then there's the superhero psyop, which relegates power to the realm of fiction and then makes it all come from materials, money, like, you know, nobody's naturally organically powerful in these comic universes. And it's funny that they're called comic universes because I find that whole premise very laughable that humans need technology to empower us. Um, And like there's all these different psyops. Um, Oh, my God. And where was I going with that point? I hate when this happens. Um, Oh, Oh, good. good. I just yeah, I just realized it. Um, So we are are at a starting point with our consciousness that's like uh, like we grew up in a cage relative to what we're capable of you know between oh and the fact that we're most of us have been born in hospitals and hospital birth is such an awful ugly thing like the way that they trick women into believing that you need all these doctors like probing you and sticking their fingers and other objects inside of you and you need to be strapped down to the bed and you need to be injected with some numbing serum and you you know you need to be cut open and flayed and all of these barbaric oh and sometimes they still use forceps to pull a baby out of the like none of it's natural and so when we have that programming in us Uh, When we're our absolute youngest, our first moments on Earth are spent being mishandled and like with the beeping of all these machines around us and like, you know, basically none of it's natural or organic. So it's no surprise to me that people grow up and continue to put their faith in technology and and believe that we don't have the power. If you're if if you can accept, you know, if your mom can accept that she doesn't even have the power or the right to have a baby alone at home then, of course, that's being passed down to you in addition to the actual experience of being born in a hospital that is impressed upon you in your first moments on Earth. So mm. between all of these different psyops going on at once um, and and now the addiction to phones, which is so prevalent, um, ask anyone to meditate for more than 30 seconds and they can't do it. Ask anyone to envision something, to imagine something with their inner eye. They can't do it. And like, so then they have the nerve (laughs) or like, I guess, in a sad way, the the ignorance of saying, oh, well, that, you know, you can't claim that humans can fly because I've never seen it. Yeah, you haven't seen it because we're all like disabled mentally, like to a degree. And I don't say that to be politically offensive. I mean, we have been actively attacked at the point of our consciousness to the point where we can't even use our imaginations the way we would have maybe even just 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, on that last point, I mean, all we would have to do is just imagine that if someone, if some cruel individual had a child, but didn't let the child use its legs until mm-hmm. it was three or four years old, obviously the child wouldn't be able to stand or walk or do anything that would be considered typical. And so why would it be different psychologically? And I do want to connect a couple of things there, because when you mentioned comic, um, I, I, we don't have to backtrack to this, but I really want to urge listeners to go to the show notes and read the superhero uh, post that you made because you also talk about how comic books are part of our early, early conditioning in, this, mm-hmm. in the same way that you're talking about um, th- th- being born in a hospital around all these whirring machines and beeping and bright lights. Th- this is almost like a form of um, psychology's attachment theory where where the, what what impacted you in your earliest days and what what is imprinted upon you as normal you you will seek out later in life the good news is that attachment styles can be changed because yes. otherwise like like being in being born in this sterile hospital normalizes eventually spending the bulk of your childhood inside a a similar looking building called a school and then the rest of your life in a similar looking building called an office building. But if you don't uh, agree to those rules and you don't conform to them, you'll be in a similar looking building called a jail until you get sick enough to be back in the hospital later on. And this is considered a life. 
when mm. when it takes you just peel away one or two layers, nearly just one layer, and you say like, oh, we could do better than this. Like it's it's a simple statement. It doesn't have to be a political statement. It's a statement of fact that what's accepted as a normal life, when you look at it, the, the simple sheer reality is that, oh, we can do much better than this. We can and we should, I believe. I mean, I know, I guess I'm not supposed to rank the different choices people make and say this is right or this is wrong, because at the end of the day, this isn't really a moral issue. If someone genuinely finds transhumanism compelling and beautiful and wants to devote themselves to that path, um, that's their prerogative. And I'm not interested in telling people what they can't or shouldn't do, um, because then that would violate my own guiding principle, which is that everyone is free. Right. And I have to respect people's free will. Sometimes people make choices I don't understand. I think what I'm really more interested in is reminding people that they have free will because a lot of people are choosing this stuff, but they're choosing it subconsciously. I I liken it to sleepwalking. And I would describe myself as having been a sleepwalker up until I had my spiritual awakening three years ago. Um, You just kind of are going through the motions. You're kind of just doing what the culture or your family or whatever expects of you. And unfortunately, this culture just expects people to merge with machines. That's where we're at collectively. And so if I could just remind people, you know, it's not the only option. And in fact, it's not even necessarily the best option um, that, in fact, humans can fly. And I think your soul, I think everyone has been searching for that fulfillment. Um, And they've just been sold this lie that transhumanism is the way to receive that fulfillment um that i would say then i've done my work but now now that i've mentioned finding fulfillment in transhumanism i don't think i can let this conversation go without mentioning transgenderism sure um i have come to this point uh because a lot of people know i used to be a rad femme so i used to talk about transgenderism strictly as like a gender issue and I was like focused on the erasure of women in language and in uh, politics and things like that, which is still very much an issue. However, I have since come to realize that transgenderism, if you're not talking about the transhumanist side of it and the uh, like what it has to do with the augmentation of the human body w- with synthetic materials, then you're not really getting what's going on. Like a lot of people who talk about transgenderism focus on the redefinition of sex. But what they're missing is that the transhumanists are trying to redefine life itself to include their necrotechnology, to include their like test tube babies, to include uh, like all of these other horrors that are brought about by their so-called advanced technology, right? And so this transgenderism thing is a, a, a Trojan horse for the bigger issue of redefining life. If you can redefine biology to include dead materials, then that is the most, I think that's one of the most horrific things that a person can do is to redefine life as death. And and just going to pause there, redefining life to include death spells the end of a culture, spells the end of our world as we know it. Because if if you can get people to say men can be women or that alive things are actually dead or dead things are actually alive, you've effectively completely and totally and utterly destroyed their consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm, my head is spinning with all because <laughs> so many great things you said, and I, I just want to hammer home the transgender point because, mm-hmm. the, the, like you said, the, it, it ties back in to the conditions since childhood. Like, why are they targeting children with something mm-hmm. called gender affirming care? Why are they mm-hmm. normalizing to four, five, six years old, and then certainly just prepubescent um, kids that you can you can mutilate your body as a as a path towards liberation and then teaching these these poor kids in first second grade men can have babies there's no such thing as a woman and then with the ultimate goal as you pointed out of turning literally life itself into something that could be copyrighted or trademarked or, or oh, be property yeah. yeah and and when you said to to, to mistake life for death it reminds me of of a, a Bible verse from John where he says, he says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. 
Yes. So it's, it's it's like a literal reversal of 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 what the whole promise is of yes. of the New Testament is that you you have eternal life by going from death to life, and tra- the the cult of transhumanism is saying quite the opposite, and disempowering us at the same time because as we've been uh, alluding to here, and as you you know articulate in the in the article is that we do have these powers and and as to to go back to John go to John 14 is where Jesus said he that believeth in me the works that i do he shall also do and greater works than these shall he do he, it's basically saying you like the signs and wonders well you can do it too mm-hmm. and transhumanism is a is a complete um an attempt at erasing this the reality of that we have these superpowers, we can perform miracles and we could get into like how to define what a miracle is. But I know that in your article, you, you, you quote from Mark, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible for one who believes. Yes. And that's all it takes. And that's what God's grace is that you don't need to be a billionaire who can make a fancy super suit in order to perform miracles for people that locks out the majority of people from ever bringing God's kingdom to earth, right? And But like God is so graceful that we're able to just use our consciousness to change things. In fact, it's been studied that when you get a group of people together and have them all meditate on peace over a certain city, that the the crime rates drop over time in that particular city. This has been done. And that's why I can't stand the so-called truther movement who just all they do is sit around and say, oh, no, there's chemtrails in the sky. Oh, no, they're they're doing this and that. And they're turning Walmart into to prisons. And they're like, we got to eat bugs. We got to eat bugs. We got to live in pods. And they're going to bring in universal basic income. And it's all a trap. And there's no way out. And we're, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. And it's like, well... I don't respect that. I don't respect you because if if you really wanted the world to be better, guess what? All you have to do is actively engage your your mind, your ability to visualize and project a new reality onto this existing one and it begins to change. And like that's all. You don't have to rally a bunch of people together. You don't have to have a huge advertising budget to like get a whole uh protest going in the public square. You, you don't actually need any material resources. You have a soul use it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then I'm I'm also glad you brought up the promise of eternal life because perhaps my biggest pet peeve about the transhumanists is how they've hijacked the conversation about immortality. Now, immortality is one of my favorite subjects because I love challenging people on what they take for granted as death being inevitable. I absolutely do not believe that. In my heart of hearts, I believe we are actually meant to live indefinitely and that death is something that we've just accepted as a collective species over time, but it's not at all a part of our original design. And I I believe that was Jesus's message or one part of his message was that we are not supposed to be so in love with death. And a lot and like a lot of what you look at as sin, what's defined as sin in the Bible is actually things that lead to death. Um And so, like, the Bible takes on a whole new mystical meaning when you look at it as a message of life and the love of life itself. And and so um, when you go to Wikipedia and you look up immortality, literally 90 percent of the content in that article is about how technological advancements are bringing humans closer to being able to live forever. They They talk about mind uploading, which is basically making a copy of somebody's consciousness like all of their memories and everything and then uploading it to a a biological android or something or i shouldn't even say biological necrological android um (laughs) thanks mary daly um and they they talk about how that's one way we can quote unquote live forever and they they have all these other examples like uh what is it called cryogenesis cryogenics yeah cryogenics it's like freezing the cells so that you can theoretically bring them back to life later and and so look at all these desperate attempts that people make to try to extend their lives artificially when we are promised eternal life by virtue of being conscious and and being capable of of literally willing any reality we want yeah and we and we've collectively not stood up to a culture that creates things 
like pollution and sedentary lifestyles, things that contribute to the type of body breakdown that they then say, oh, this is why you need to be um, mechanically enhanced. And it's just, it's, it's just so insulting. Yeah, te- technology to fix what other technology yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, what a coincidence. Um, and, and, and it's so insulting when they, when they talk about immortality being the uploading of consciousness to a machine, because mm-hmm. as if that's, a rich life, but then also the audacity to think that they can, these, the people saying that are like the people who say, who want to argue whether AI is sentient, but they can't even define sentience. And they're saying, we're going to upload your consciousness. They can't even define your consciousness. Like the Mm -hmm. audacity of them there. And it goes back to what we said. Some of them truly believe that they are doing God's work. We're going to, we're going to save everybody doing this, but then you get to a certain level and they know exactly what they're doing and they want us to forget that greater works we will do. And I, I wanted to share something that I very recently was reading from St. Augustine. And this is a, this is a paraphrase of what he said. He, Augustine held that a miracle is not contrary to nature, but rather only to our knowledge of nature. Miracles are made possible by hidden potentialities in nature that are placed there by God. And I've heard, I've heard a description of this. I don't know, think it was Augustine's description, but take Jesus's first known miracle, the, uh, at the wedding at Cana, that he turned water into wine. Now, theoretically, in, in the field, a grapevine gets rained on and watered, and the water goes into the grapes. Eventually, the grapes get picked, the grapes get crushed, the grapes get fermented, and eventually it's wine. So in the long term, water turns into wine all the time. But, mm. it, but a miracle is we speed it up because the hidden yeah. potentialities in nature that are placed there by God. And it, it's not meant to demystify or downplay miracles. It's actually meant to recognize that we already have in us these potentialities. They're there. We're part of nature. But if we believe that 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 existence is in a digital screen and that immortality and eternal life is transhumanism, we'll forget these things because if people want to laugh at anything that's in the Bible, I will be laughing harder at the belief that someone can find my consciousness to upload it. And, and <laughs> like, like that's, that to me is a complete fantasy. So, so I, it, it, it's like, it's like the church of scientism. Like, I can't understand that people could dismiss um, what's in faith-based books, but then go on this, complete flight of fancy into believing what the, the lies, the blatant lies that the transhumanism humanists are trying to sell to them and lining up to do that. And it gives me hope that people do want immortality. They do want to be healthy longer. They do want to, to, to take care of themselves. And maybe in this moment, they're confused how to do that because of all the reasons we gave, but they have that desire. The goal would be to try and, um, point them in different directions and, and, and see what decisions they make. Cause for now it seems like the direction easier is like, Oh, you know, you get old and you die or unless mm-hmm. they freeze me and fix and then, and then re reanimate me a hundred years from now. Like we're giving these false um, dichotomies as to what our options are when all around us, these type of water into wine miracles are happening all the time. Amen to all of that. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm looking at the clock here and I want to give you the last word. So so while you gather your thoughts, I want to at the end of your article, and again, I'm urging people to read it, you you throw this challenge to people where you say, now that you've been made aware of of how you've been groomed to glorify transhumanism, what will you choose to believe instead? So in closing, I'll put the question to you. Um, could you share with us some of what you've chosen to believe instead so far, knowing that you're going to keep choosing more things? But in the here and now, right, right in, this, in this interview, now that you've, been, you've had this awakening to, to what's going on, what, what steps and what new perceptions and visions and potentialities have you discovered? Mm. I am really compelled to mention the connection to God that I brought up earlier, like how there are flying saints. So there's, you know, there's different paths to flying. You can fly in a dream. You can fly in an airplane. You can fly in a wingsuit. You can fly by having wings implanted in your back surgically, and that would be the transhumanist way. And then there's flying with just 
just propelled by genuine love for God, which is how the saints do it. And which I believe, uh, if I'm being honest, I think is the ideal way. I think it's the way God wants and designed us for. I believe that there's no separating the conversation about power from the conversation about God. And I've noticed that um, what is in one's heart is what they will see and perceive about God. So I think of God almost like a, a hyperdimensional mirror where if you choose to perceive God as this like evil genius who just created us to suffer and to torture us, um, then you're going to experience a version of this world that aligns with that. And so that's where transhumanism is born from. It's born from this idea that what God made is intrinsically corrupt with hatred and evil, and we have to try to correct it with our inventions. And it's it's at its core, it's an attempt to outcreate God um, and a way to try to make God and God's creation inferior to what humans have created. And so when they accuse transhumanists of playing God, th- there's a lot of truth in that, right? Um, so then um, the reason I bring that up is because I personally have chosen to see that God is love and that God created everything with love and there was no mistake and there was no accident. And the only mistake was me ever thinking that anything was wrong with it. And that's what you that's what is called the fall, the fall from grace, thinking that um, that God must be hiding something from us or trying to pull one over on us and that distrust of the true genuine love that created the universe to to distrust that naturally ends up in a cascade of of horrible horrible consequences like being drawn further and further away from god and from your own intrinsic power so i choose to believe that god is love and naturally what's coming from that as a byproduct of that belief is that um I just feel so much more empowered to change my own life. I'm not perfect at it. I still very much have my times where I'm like, I feel like such a victim and I hate my circumstances. But ultimately, I know that I don't need to pay a doctor like tens of thousands of dollars to do surgery on me to hopefully make me feel better about my body on the days when I'm feeling some low self-esteem. You know, there there are certain lines I don't cross anymore. And I feel like I have kind of leveled up to having like welcoming more grace, more of God's grace and power into my life, which feels feels like I'm on the right path. I do. I do feel like I'm ultimately on the wrong, the right path, even when I have bad days or days where I feel like I'm doing it wrong. At least I'm not someone who would mutilate my body and hope that I love myself afterwards, because that's not what God's love looks like. And I'm really glad that I can see that now. And so that is also a big part of my message. When I talk about power, I'm also talking about God's love. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that God designed us with this power within ourselves, because that's how much we are loved by God, that God God wants us to enjoy our creative power, that God wants us to be free, to fly and to bilocate and to all of these things. It's that's actually what love feels like, the the freedom to do all of these things and and not even have to be subjugated by the laws of physics, because really there is no such thing. And um, yeah, that's that's what I'm choosing to believe these days, that by the grace of God, I am welcome to experience all of the powers that I was always told were fictional or only belonged in comic universes. Amen to that. Thank you for sharing. I'll just say one more thing before we close is it's this conversation is reminding me that like many people, I certainly lined up and scorned and scoffed at the people who offered thoughts and prayers in a Mm. moment of crisis. And Mm -hmm. there are people who do it with zero intention and, and they do it without any mindfulness. And I'm obviously not talking about that, but as you mentioned earlier, that the like a group of people could meditate and pray on peace in in an area that's not experiencing peace and there will be change. I, I It's such a powerful moment to recognize that that is true and that that exists and that we have, we have to commit to it and we have to have faith and we have to tap into it, but we, it takes away this feeling of powerlessness and cynicism and bitterness that we've been lied to and that, you know, things can't turn around and, your your answer to that question, I think, emphasizes that that it's it's a it's a perpetual journey, and we 
you know, we, we continue evolving and growing, but it, you got to get on the, you got to get on the path and on the journey and, and recognize how powerful you are. Yeah. And, and, you know, people tend to fear power precisely because they've been wrongly exposed to uh, a distorted version of power, which is all show and is all, you know, like, like exactly like the superhero psyop that, power is based in technology or power is based in money and all of these lies. But um, true power, which is what I've been talking about in my series, is from the soul. And the soul is, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, I I really, I, I would challenge your listeners to ask themselves, when is the last time they meditated? Oh, and I'll make one more big point before we sign off. I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, Another one of the psyops against consciousness is, have you noticed how many articles have come out in the past few years about big companies like Google and Amazon offering like meditation cubes mm. to their employees and stuff and or hosting like big meditation events? But like when you read about the kind of meditation they're encouraging their employees to do, it's all about clearing their mind and having no thoughts at all. Hmm. And like now people don't even realize that meditation is actually about thinking clearly not about not thinking <laughs> like like the fact that they are blatantly telling people to stop having thoughts <laughs> is like so evil but the fact that people now think that that's what meditation is and then when they go to meditate and they can't make their thoughts stop they think something's wrong with them and so they try really really hard not to think anymore and then they feel accomplished isn't that crazy so so what i'm trying to say is even meditation like i would invite your listeners to ask themselves when is the last time they went into their inner world with the intent to get to know their soul so not meditate, like clear your mind, but meditate, like go inward and just ponder what's in there, your dreams, your thoughts, your beliefs, like your your desires, right? And your feelings, mm. like the, not to empty yourself out, but to be full of the, the, the abundance that is already inside your inner world, which is rich with visions and, and feelings. And, you know, you're not empty and you're not supposed to be. Wow, I love that. It's it's. I'm thinking of some corporate boardroom meeting where some evil CEO says, "Well, how do we get people to empty their minds so we can fill them up with what we want them to do?" And someone says, "Let's just ask them to do it. <laughs> let's tell, let's just say, hey, empty your mind." And and it's com- it's completely the the opposite of like everything you said. I don't need to repeat a word you said. It's just it's that. It, we need to be going in the other direction. And obviously, mm-hmm. if somebody's got the monkey brain thing going and oh. or anxiety is like you do want to calm your mind. But um, emptying, I think, A, is impossible. And B, is is not going to lead you to a, a form of, of self-empowerment and 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 lead you to a source. So I, I want to end on a Bible verse yes, please. to harken back to what I said about how you see in God what is in you. And a lot of people don't realize the kind of treasures that are in the Bible because a long time ago they turned off their brain to it. Like, oh, God's evil. I don't need to hear any of that. So let me just hope this lands with your audience. Um, This is Philippians 4, verse 8 in the New King James. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> I got chills from that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're supposed to meditate on things that are good, not on nothing. <laughs> yeah. Or meditate on your own powerlessness and, and like yeah. all the things you're quote unquote doing wrong. So thank you. Thank you for that beautiful context. And thank yeah. you for this beautiful conversation. It's a pleasure as always to have you on Post Woke. Thank you. I love you so much. Love you too. I'll be back with some closing thoughts after one more word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z here. I trust you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to take a quick break to request that you seriously consider becoming a paid subscriber to Post Woke because Post Woke is more than this podcast. 
which is a weekly podcast with crucial, important conversations with crucial and important guests. Postwoke is also a Substack on which I post on a daily basis. I'm talking about written posts. And I, first and foremost, I am a writer. I have 12 books out and I have been writing for many decades. And so you are getting quality content at least once a day, all for $5 a month. And no matter what you decide, you can become a free subscriber if you choose. I ask you to please share the link and spread the word. And while you're at it, Check the show notes for information on how to order the post-woke t-shirt. It is a completely cool kick-ass shirt, and you could show the world what your favorite podcast and substack is. So I thank you in advance for your support. Again, I urge you to spread the word, and let's get back to the show. To get you started on rediscovering and embracing your superpowers, I'm going to share something I wrote recently about getting a nice, humble beginning to this. And the example I'll give is myself. When I do food shopping, I typically make small daily walks to one of the three supermarkets closest to my home. Being what employees might call a regular, I always put in the effort to make my interactions meaningful. I introduce myself to the cashiers, and in the case of college students, I learn something about their studies. This enables me to ask more specific questions than, how are you? So after greeting them with good morning, I ask about their lives, thank them for packing my purchases, and wish them a great day as I leave. Without fail, the folks behind me online notice on some level. As I walk away from the counter, I always hear the next person offering their own good morning in a cheerful voice. In other words, I leave the supermarket better than how I found it. This is one of my superpowers, and this is one of your superpowers. The events of the past three plus years have been enough to leave anyone feeling powerless, but fear not, you have within you the ability to make someone's day, or at least someone's hour, with just a few words and a smile. Your words are healing. Your smile is healing. Your energy can change lives. And side note, you can be kind without first finding out where the other person agrees or disagrees with you. You have no idea how much your encouragement can mean to someone. Commit to leaving places better than how you found them. So in closing, I ask you, what will you do today and every day to activate your superpowers, and to be a positive presence in the lives of those you encounter. And remember, there's a superpower you have that you can activate at any time, and that is to always, always keep your guard up. <laughs> <laughs>